The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Welcome to Grid Talk. My name is Ruby Price, and today we're here to discuss qualifying for the Mexican Grand Prix. Joining me today, we have Monkey Seat Podcast's very own Carl King. Hello. And from Hit the Apex, Jawad Yakub. Hello, everybody. And before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for the episode, Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And also be sure to check us out on our social channels, Grid Talk UK, to stay up to date with the show. So a front row lockout for Ferrari, having put in the laps right when they needed them, as Leclerc took pole position in Mexico ahead of his teammate by less than a tenth of a second, and Max Verstappen bringing it in P3. But... Plenty of post-session investigations, with Verstappen and Russell under investigation for blocking in the pit lane, Hamilton under investigation for failing to slow under yellows, Sargent under investigation for overtaking under yellow flags, and a multitude of drivers who have allegedly impeded the rule regarding having a maximum delta time on your outlap. It's worth taking everything we say from now with a pinch of salt, because it could change by the time we finish recording this episode, but... This sort of, there's been a reliance, I find, from F1 on these post-session investigations and investigations taking several hours sometimes so that fans who've watched the session are leaving and then three or four hours later we're getting a result. Like There was obviously the question regarding what happened at the end of the Texas Grand Prix with Hamilton and Leclerc's disqualification, but... Jawad, what do you think about this reliance on the post-session investigations? Is it necessary to speak to the drivers and have sometimes teams not even send representatives like for these post-race things? What's the purpose for them? (laughs) I don't know. And I think the way you detailed who's under investigation put my head into a spin because it's like that's almost a quarter of the grid. But I'm on the FIA's website now refreshing for any updates and there's still no official documentation saying that somewhat so-and-so has been referred to the stewards. And I just think you look at any other sport in the world, not necessarily motorsport, but any sort of adjudication or decisions being overturned or anything under investigation is all completed within the the time of the, the game or the session or the event. Why are we waiting sometimes hours after the race or, or session to find out the results? It's absolutely farcical. And the fact that it would have been okay if it, it was a one-off, but I feel like the last few races we've been talking particularly after qualifying about this more than often so my question is what's the point of having that the remote stewarding bunker or VAR style system that they wanted to introduce after Abu Dhabi 21 if they can't make those decisions quickly and to your question about do they need to speak to the drivers isn't that why they've got sporting directors or team representatives such as your Jonathan Wheatley's or Ron Meadows for Mercedes 
that they stay on top of this information and they can go put the case forward to the stewards at the time. I feel like for a sport that is so technologically advanced and they talk about how it is the pioneer of this and innovating that we still seem like we're in the dark ages when it comes to making decisions for stewards inquiries. And yeah, it's not a good look for whoever in terms of fans, whether you're new to the sport or you're rusted on because yeah, you want to see at the end of the day who's on pole position, who's fifth starting where for the Grand Prix, not waiting another hour. And for you guys especially, what if you go to bed after the show tonight and you don't find out till the following morning that someone's been excluded or the shape of the grid has completely changed? So not a great look in my eyes. Yeah, and with the majority of the people with post-session investigations over their names, or at least no, noted for to the stewards and stuff, like the, the majority of them are in were in Q3. There's a very good chance that the grid would change if penalties are applied. But Carl, we saw some decisions being able to be made, not necessarily instantly, but before the next part of qualifying started, we saw Albon fall foul of a post Q2 look at one of his track times and breaking the limits. But, and then we've got some other decisions that seemingly to us as fans appear black and white. There's that extra element of the FIA wanting to speak to drivers to see if there are mitigating circumstances and all of that. What do you think about all of this as well? Do you agree with Jared? What's the Carl King take? <laughs> F1 should, in my opinion, follow the lead from football in the sense of the ref decision is final in the same way as the rugby. I think a few people would disagree with some of the decisions that were made in the Rugby World Cup, but that's the decisions that were made, and that's final now. That's what we should be doing, and the, the race director or the stewards should decide that. We don't need some for we don't need some bunker bigging hill place to deal with anything. We can do that. We can we'll see it. It's not. I, they'll go, oh, bit of distance, but we've got 20 billion cameras over that thing. We, As fans, we could all see Max Verstappen holding everything up and George Russell holding everything up because he is George Russell. So let's not worry about what the fans think. Let's do it. And that's what the problem is. I think the FIA is so worried about what the fans think and every decision is going to be wrong in some fans' eyes. Was Albin off? Probably, but as a as a Williams and Albon fan at the moment, you probably will want him in. Like it is what it is. But there should be black and white fans. The referee or the race director's decision is final, and that should be what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, the decision should be final. And we we saw before what happens as soon as you start applying the public pressure on the stewards to, and the race directors to make the right decision. And then you get a decision that's probably even more controversial than a previous lack of decisions being made. But yeah, we've obviously done, we've obviously said our bit. There'll obviously be more to come through the show. But what do you think, listener? Let us know on the socials, as we said, at Grid Talk. But yeah, we'll go through the standings. If anything changes after we've finished, so be it. That's just how F1 is operating at the minute. And I'm going to stick with you, Carl. Williams, quick in FP3 earlier. But Sargent got his first point last time in Texas. You'd think the pressure would be off now, but every lap he set in Q1 was deleted. Combined with passing Snowder and the yellow flags, 
You'd think Williams were almost going to be grateful that Albon wrestled his Williams into Q3, but as we mentioned, he had his Q2 lap time deleted. Ultimately, he's qualified in P14, um, with Sargent obviously being P20. This wasn't the Williams that we were expecting after what was looking like a promising weekend so far. Yeah, they were great in FP3, and actually in the other FPs, they were great. And they were doing really well. But as Alvin said, the car seemed different. And I don't know whether it was the track temperature that just lowered and that was the problem or what was going on. But or whether just they sh- shot their load too early and that was probably part of the problem. Sergeant, don't even get me started. He was lucky to get his point in Texas. Let's be honest, there's more luck than judgment, which is much like his whole life, to be honest, is more luck than judgment. He somehow seems to be found himself in this position and not seem to be able to do anything with it. And yeah, and his card is marked and he's got to go. Alvin was just, I think Alvin was just having a bit of a crappy weekend and he was, he was close to that corner and he probably was off. I literally saw a split second of it and I haven't seen many replays. So I'm guessing he was off. He'll make his way up to P10 by the end of the race. So I'm not, he'll get a point or two. Alban is a great driver. That car is, I can't believe I just said that. If I said that three years ago, I think people would look at me very shocked. But he's doing very well. And that Williams is a better car than Sargent is giving it. I'm just waiting for three years from now when you say that (laughs) Russell's doing a good job. (laughs) Never. Yeah, but you just said it about Alex Albon, Carl. None of us were giving him any yeah, praise when he was driving. Everyone, everyone praises Russell, and I'm, I was the first person to say, anyway, we don't talk about Russell. We'll get to him later. Yeah, it may or may not be you as well later on. But, Jared, let's look at McLaren then. Lando Norris just not quite on it so far this weekend, and in Q1, out on track, back in the pits, out on track, back in the pits. The team told him to box on his final attempt. So ultimately, he only got one attempt actually done. And that was, I think, three seconds off being safe in Q1. But regardless, just not a good day for leader of the McLaren team at the minute, arguably. But Piastri bouncing back after his tough US Grand Prix. They'll just He'll be hoping to avoid an Alpine on the opening lap, which would be something to say considering where they're starting. But... Yeah, what do you think McLaren can do from their very opposite sides of the grid tomorrow? Yeah, hopefully they can rebound and with Norris make some passes because you can overtake at this track and they've had they've got a pretty strong package as well. It was just disappointing to see Norris bail out of Q1 as he did and the yellow flag brought out by Fernando Alonso didn't really help either. But again, I feel something I've just noticed more recently with Lando being interviewed in particular after his elimination and he just seemed very flustered and just couldn't quite give an answer and very snappy. Is he Does he crack under pressure and what's his threshold and stuff like that? So hopefully he can gather himself for the race tomorrow and make a comeback for the points because, yeah, they're still on race pace this weekend, third fastest behind Mercedes, so... I feel like he should be able to make up some places and hopefully don't fall victim to any drivers trying to make their way up but not do a good job of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when you do have, obviously, drivers out of place, sometimes you can see drivers not quite managing to get ahead. But I think we've seen promise from Norris in the sense that he's not one of those drivers that's content to just sit behind traffic. And with the speed of that McLaren that they do have, there could be some good moves into turn one, turn four, as long as he just doesn't breach track limits at turn 12, as we saw Quite a few drivers do and get lap times deleted. But Carl, looking at Aston Martin then, Fernando causing quite a stir at the end of Q1 after a rather rookie-looking spin and bringing out the yellows that caused quite a lot of chaos. But the Spaniard was out in Q2, ultimately qualifying P13, ahead of his teammate, unsurprisingly, Lance Stroll being P18. They brought those upgrades last time. It didn't work. They took the car out of Park Fermi and Stroke finished in P6 after some disqualifications. Is it worth them giving it another go? Because it did seem to work quite well last time out in Texas. No, <laughs> they might as well just bat up shop and start and start again and see what's best to do. No, the, to be honest, Alonso's was a bit rookie, but. It was just a bit, it was, I don't know. I, I can't quite work out how he spun either. <laughs> um, I don't know if he just hit the opposite curb as he came in and went for a little spin If things happen and him to the best of drivers in the world is out driving that car or Stroll is under driving it. Either way, it doesn't look good. They've either got to decide what they're doing as a team and pull together or they've got to decide what they're doing with other drivers have got to decide what they're doing. Stroll is just disappointing every week. And I it's a team that I really want to like in some ways. Aston Martin is a very British racing team. Um, and I just can't. <laughs> and it's just, I just can't really take one of their one of their lovely jackets. I can't wear that. Not if it's not with that those two at the moment. Yeah, it certainly doesn't really feel like the team that was Force India and Racing Point of just a few seasons ago, or even just the team that it was at the start of the season where, you know, Fernando Alonso looked like the only driver it's, capable it's of like challenging them, the Red Bulls. It's like them and McLaren have just gone opposite directions. They've crashed in the middle and gone spiraling off in different directions. And it's just mad how one's gone up and one's gone down. Yeah, it's, it's a polar opposite and... They've just decided to swap cars. Maybe they swapped cars. Maybe McLaren went and nicked the earlier Aston Martin <laughs> and gave it their paint job. That probably makes it work better because <laughs> the cars will sound the same. <laughs> but Jared, not talking about a car with a Merc engine. Let's look at the Haas. They brought up Grace of Texas and they do look quick on the straights, which Mexico is half of them. But once they reach the sector, the middle sector, that pace just falls away. K-Mag qualifying P17. Nico Hulkenberg for what I believe is his 200th race, qualifying in P12, still without a podium, still going to be without a podium, presumably from where he's starting and looking at that car tomorrow. Yeah, I just thought of this right now, but it's like Haas has brought one of their stock cars and put a Ferrari engine in it, and that's what they look like going through the middle part of the track. But yeah, underwhelming as always, but you can take 
some kind of solace in Nico Hulkenberg's performance, out qualifying his teammate again, and he's had the better better of K Mag all season pretty much. Twelfth, not bad, but as we know in race trim they go backwards. It's not a good story for them. Their objective will basically to actually just make it to the checkered flag, regardless of the fact that they always end up finishing last of the classified runners. Yeah, consistent backmarkers has have been since probably since about 2019, ultimately, when we got what looked like a good livery, but just not a very good car. But Carl, another team with who've had some good liveries in the past and say what you want about their current one, it's very blue. But yeah, Alpine, they've got Ocon in P16, who was caught out by the yellow flags, as were most of the grid in Q1. Gasly just being knocked out in Q2 P11. As I said, not likely to hit the McLarens on lap one, but they had a rather spectacular engine blowout last season with the high altitudes of Mexico. How do you think they'll fare in the race? Will we see Alpine finish with both cars? Yes, they will finish, I think. Yeah, the Alpine is just... There's no other word for it, but it's they're just nothing. And I couldn't even tell you where they finished in qualifying. I couldn't even, I wouldn't even know. And I wouldn't even know where they finished in the race. They'll be middle of the pack. They might do some great overtakes that suddenly spark an interest. It's like the media hates the Alpines. It is quite funny, apart from celebrities. Celebrities are fine, but media just seem to ignore them. And that thus we mean, or the TV directors, thus it means we ignore them because no one ever really sees what they're doing. So, and they're a bit meh drivers and they're a bit meh team and they're going to beat meh in the middle somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Like a meh team. And like you say, like the biggest thing really about them at the minute is the news of who decide, who who's probably tossing a coin and deciding to invest in Alpine this week. Who's it going to be next week? Are we going to get some more celebrities like joining the bandwagon of why invest in Alpine is the real question of all the because teams. Because Ryan Reynolds did it first. Yeah. <laughs> That's but... literally it. It's like, has, has anyone seen Brexit? Do you know what I mean? It's exactly why they're all on, they're all on the Ryan Reynolds bandwagon. Whatever Ryan thinks touches turns into gold. So they're hoping the Do Alpines you see the Green Lantern, Carl? Yeah, we've all forgotten that one, though. Do you see Van Wilder? Do you see Daredevil? <laughs> uh, not Daredevil. Um... Daredevil? What's it called? Deadpool. That's the one. Deadpool. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, before we get to the top five teams, let's talk about the top five stars. And if you enjoy this podcast, you could definitely give Grid Talk some top five stars as well. We'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. And if you are watching live, Feel free to leave us a few questions for a post-show session. But back to the cars then. Looking into the top 10 on the grid, Jowers, let's look at Alfa Romeo, who, you know, Joe, very much lucky to be in Q3 after Albon's, obviously, penalty putting him back out of Q3. But ultimately, P10 and P9 is good for Alfa Romeo. We've obviously seen them drop off recently, but a pretty good qualifying result for the two drivers. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the better qualifying sessions for them this year, and we 
constantly joke about it on Grid Talk that they're just waiting around for the Audi money to come in. And I made the comment earlier, oh, has it come in? Because they're, they're so far up the grid. But no, that's not the case. I think it's just the unique track conditions and the high altitude as well probably plays to their advantage. And it was interesting looking through the practice results and whatnot and seeing that on their race pace, they are top of the midfield pile at the moment, which is like, wow, they're quicker in race trim than Alpine and Williams here. So does this mean we could see some double points coming their way? We know that they're in a battle with Haas and AlphaTauri as well at the bottom end of the Constructors' Championship. So didn't expect the Sauber team, Alfa Romeo, to pull a surprise this late in the season, but now it's up to the drivers tomorrow, Bottas and, and Joe, to deliver something. And yeah, Joe, I guess he got that Hail Mary because of Albon's lap time being deleted. So now he's just got to take this opportunity and convert it to a good result tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And as the commentating team decided to keep on reminding us, Valtteri Bottas, a former pole sitter here at Mexico, which obviously gives him such an advantage being in that Alfa Romeo, very similar car concepts. But speaking of former pole sitters here then, Carl, Mercedes, George Russell in P8, Lewis Hamilton in P6, both drivers complaining about cold tyres for their final runs. But ultimately, two of the drivers to actually improve on their second Q3 runs despite the complaints about cold tyres. What do you think that Mercedes can do this weekend? Are they going to be playing it safe with the ride height after obviously being disqualified from that P2 last time out? Hamilton's obviously in that fight with Perez for P2 in the championship. Is that still on the cards? Is, is there a mathematical way of Hamilton beating Perez this weekend on the points? I think the gap is now 29. So, so No. Okay. So he won't be there. Could you imagine the uproar if Perez spun out and Hamilton won. That'd be hilarious. That the reason they had cold tires because they sat in the pit his exit for about three years and are about to be reprimanded, whatever that means. Get a slap on the wrist and nothing will happen. But that's anyway. So yeah, like it. Yeah, they probably might not end up on the grid where they are at the moment. Let's be honest. So they that the Mercedes are coming on a lot better. They are challenging Perez. They are challenging who's in. They're not being challenged by Ferrari, really, although this weekend might throw something else out there. They are steadily in second. I can't imagine them really going anywhere else. They didn't start well at the season and a team that needs to make some improvements. And they made some improvements and their ride height, I whether their ride height was too low or whether they were just picked on. I can't quite work that one out. And it seems to be, why didn't they check Russell's? That's what I can't understand. If Hamilton's was wrong, why didn't they check Russell's? Anyway, that's probably by and by. But what they should be doing this race is basically getting their head down, doing what Russell does best and actually getting up past everyone and patting himself on the back and hopefully not crashing into any walls. That's probably, and Russell, I th weirdly, I think Russell's got more of a chance than Hamilton in this race. I think Hamilton, when Hamilton's not happy, when he starts whinging about stupid things, when he's actually doing quite well. And that seems to be his forte. 
muscle whinging is just normal life. So let's let's see what actually happens. He's I think he's not happy. There's something that's going on, but Russell will actually do quite well, I think, annoyingly. Annoyingly for Carl, not necessarily annoying for any Russell fans. But yeah, just looking All ahead. Three of them. Looking just ahead of the Mercedes of Hamilton and Jawad, Max Verstappen brought extra bodyguards to Mexico. What I don't think anyone was expecting was one of those bodyguards to be the Daniel Ricciardo that sits between Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez on the grid. But ultimately, Perez again behind his teammate, which has been the story of the season. But he was looking relatively quick for Perez's performances like barometer over the season but ultimately p5 will not be where he wanted to be and verstappen being p3 is the end of the world for max verstappen but yeah what do you think do you think we're just prolonging the inevitable is max verstappen going to be in p1 by the time we hit turn four tomorrow pretty much because we've got that long straight and we know how quick the red bull is in a straight line if not just wait till the lap three when they get DRS and then he'll be able to blast past. It is the inevitable, as you say, and he's pretty much won from every other grid position. There's no difficulty in getting to first from third. But for Perez, I think the added boost of the home crowd and everyone's pretty much there to support him was only good enough to put him fifth, shows you his predicament at the moment and the lack of confidence that he has in this car and whatnot. The optimist would hope that with such a strong red bull he can find a way to make it click and at least finish on the podium tomorrow you could go to an extreme and say oh if the stars align he'll win and somebody has to wear a sombrero on this show which would be quite hilarious but yeah it's just i think a predicament or it's just just where perez is at the moment and getting shades of the Red Bull partnership from 2018 and years before that between Verstappen and Ricardo that they're um, closer together on the grid than Max is with his current teammates. So say what you will about that and the future, whether Checo stays or goes or who will replace him. But one thing that is inevitable is Max will win. Checo, who knows, hopefully he can get a podium just to save some grace for what has been pretty terrible a terrible season for him even though if he does finish p2 in the championship it's still his individual performances race by race have been absolutely shocking yeah yeah absolutely definitely something to be said and if by some miracle he does win tomorrow or looks on for a win tomorrow there's a certain tom horrocks who will be sweating about a a, a sombrero that's the word it's late in the uk but Carl, looking ahead then at that Alpha Tauri in the Red Bull sandwich, Daniel Ricciardo, for the first two sessions of qualifying, had Yuki Tsunoda as his own personal slipstream machine. As soon as Tsunoda didn't get through to Q3, you'd think that's Daniel Ricciardo being in P10 or something like that. But no, he's managed to put it in P4. You'd think he might have got a nosebleed from being that high up the grid. What can Ricardo do from here tomorrow? Is it worth putting up a fight? And can he actually get some points? Is it post-broken wrist syndrome? Exactly like Stroll had. He suddenly came back a lot better than he actually went away with. Um, but one race. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> We'd ignore the facts about Austin. But yeah, 
Look, Danny Rick is a very good driver. I don't think anyone can deny that. He is out driving that car. It's making Sonoda look a bit stupid. But yeah, as as you said, and he had a he had the slipstream from Snowder on the two. Obviously, Snowder's gone to the back. But he has he proved that he could drive that car. I wouldn't want to be helmet at the moment. What do you do? <laughs> Which secret orders are you giving to people at this point? Because a Danny Rick finishing third could be very interesting. If the Ferraris fall back, I thought it'd be quite funny. Let's be honest, he's going to be a bit of a bottleneck, unfortunately. He's not going to have the race pace in that car as much as we wish he could. And he's going to slow everyone up behind him, which is only going to be advantageous for Max in the end of the day because he'll get past the Ferraris and actually advantageous for the Ferraris. Does he let Perez through and hold onto his coattails? I'm not quite sure how that works. Really you think, orders. based on previous Red Bull experiences, that uh, Danny Ricciardo is not being allowed to stay ahead mm. of that Red Bull car? Yeah. We've, I don't think we've ever really seen any indication of them making a level playing field between those two teams. But we have seen Perez put his wheels into Alpha Tauri cars this season and not even get referred to the stewards for it off Singapore. But, Jawad, let's look then at the top team of the weekend so far, but only for seemingly one lap of the session because Ferrari all weekend have looked off the pace. They've looked like the third or fourth best team. And then one, one magic lap for both of them in Q3. Sainz had a bit of a wobble, which cost him time and ultimately looks to have cost him pole position as well. But Leclerc just, you know, as has sometimes always been that one lap pace puts him out of his teammate. He's on pole position. It's a front row lockout for Ferrari, which you wouldn't have thought this was coming at the start of the season. They're only 22 points behind Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. It's so important for them not to trip each other up and to bring home their maximum points tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it will be, definitely. And when you look at the lap time comparison between Q2 and Q3, Leclerc improving by almost eight tenths of a second, signs improving by more than a second. So where did they find that pace from? Did they start doing their 2019 secret engine burning again to get that extra bit of oomph out of the Ferrari motor? Probably not. They shouldn't be. But look, it's going to be, unfortunately, drop back down to earth tomorrow, but they have put themselves in a strong enough position to at least fight for the podium and potentially keep the Mercedes cars off the podium because that's where their fight is, as you say, in the Constructors' Championship and 22 points isn't too big a swing as Ferrari are known for doing Ferrari things and end up finishing outside the points or behind Mercedes, they could easily see that gap grow. So with, what is it, three races to go after this weekend and and another sprint coming up as well, it's important to keep that gap as uh, minimal as possible. But great to see both Leclerc and Sainz happy and relishing the moment. haven't had too many moments like this season, so hopefully they can use that as a boost for tomorrow to at least get one of their cars on the podium, if not both of them. 
Absolutely. And speaking of podiums now, it's time for some predictions. So I'm going to start off with you, Carl. What's your prediction for the podium in tomorrow's race? Max one, Leclerc two, and I'm hoping for Danny Rick three. Wow. I, I think you're potentially combining the bold predictions, but considering that <laughs> P4 start, who knows? That's, yeah, that's the one thing. And because Ferrari left Ferrari, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Jared, your podium prediction, please. Yeah, I'm going to follow Carl on the winner with Verstappen P1. Let's go Leclerc P2 and Hamilton will come off to finish third. So contrary to what Carl was saying earlier about Russell being in a bit of a better position this weekend. Interesting. A bit of a bold direction to be heading in. But speaking of bold as well, let's time, it's, let's make some bold predictions. Carl, What's your bold prediction for tomorrow's race weekend? Tomorrow's race weekend? Tomorrow's race. It's not even tomorrow anymore. <laughs> no, it's today's race. By about five minutes. Was my bold prediction? Probably that that Paris will not get any points, which will be a right upset in Mexico. That I think everyone else on the grid who scores points is going to need more bodyguards if that happens. <laughs> Never mind just Verstappen, but... If Perez doesn't score points tomorrow, that's... The Mexican fans are crazy, aren't they? They they are absolutely crazy. In the the pit last time, they were just all over Perez. And it was over everyone. It was just awful. The the display of happiness that Carl King just can't contend with. Too happy. (laughs) No. But Jared, your bold prediction, is this something that's going to make you happy? Will it make the uh, Mexican fans happy? What's your bold prediction? Oh, I think it'll make the Mexican fans happy, but let's put it all in and say Perez will win the Mexico City Grand Prix. And depending on which side of the sombrero debate you're on, you'll be pretty happy with that as well. So, I'm pretty sure just for the sake of someone getting the comeuppance for making that kind of wager, it's <laughs> happy enough, really. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got to support my monkey buddy. I hope that Paris doesn't do well. It looks less and less likely with every race weekend. But I think now let's give it an opportunity to plug some things. Obviously, Carl, you just, you literally just name dropped the Monkey Seat podcast. <laughs> Maybe just pick um, for you. But do you want to plug the Monkey Seat podcast? Take, take five <laughs> minutes, not five <laughs> minutes, but take some time. It feels like it gets plugged every week because either Tom's on this or I am. Yeah, it's with Monkey Seeds. We're the rude, abusive, slightly crazy version of Grid Talk. We're like its naughty cousin who um, gets a bit swearing, a bit shouty and a bit opinionated. We're there for a laugh. We're on all your normal podcast channels and we've got an internet page, but who knows? A web page, <laughs> an internet page. What's wrong with me? It's late. Yeah, and yeah, it's myself and Horrocks that, host it and yeah we have really noisy discussions about things and george russell hate yeah there's certainly a lot of george russell hate but i think that's just what happens when you give carl king free reign in a podcast to just say whatever he wants every other sentence but jowards is there anything you'd like to plug 
Yeah, so I've got my show, Hit the Apex, which is on all the good podcast platforms. And this is me talking about doing race reviews and talking about the Australian Supercars Championship as well. And you can also find me on a website called The Raw, where I do live blogs for each of the F1 races and, and other articles motorsport related to. So yeah, go check it out. Yeah, definitely go and check it out. And uh, if you want to find anything more from me, I'm going to plug my brand new Blue Sky profile because um, I got given an invitation code to join uh, the... What's Blue Sky? It's another Twitter clone, but it's at least... I think this one was made by the previous owners of Twitter just because, hey, look, here's what you could have had without Elon Musk's involvement, but we got Elon Musk in charge of Twitter. So, yeah. Come find me on Blue Sky at rubes.bluesky, whatever the rest of the part of the thing is supposed to be. But yeah, Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Casts. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so you can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure you subscribe to be the first to know when each new episode is released. We'll be back tomorrow, or today, to review the Mexican City Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online, and goodbye. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.